power of visitation. Hear the Spirit call. Welcome to another podcast of Dr. Leslie Bakupon. Be blessed as you listen. Hallelujah. Just lift up your voice wherever you are. Just give God glory. Bless his holy name. Thank him for your life. Just exalt his name this evening. Wherever you are, just lift up your voice and give him some glory. Give him some praise. He's worthy of our praise. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The wonderful counselor, the mighty God. Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, is He who dwells in an unapproachable light. Heaven is His throne, and the earth is His footstool. Unto Him who sits upon the throne, and unto the Lamb of God, be all the glory and honor and power forever. Just give Him glory. Just give Him praise. I want you to commit yourself into God's hands wherever you are right now, as the Word of God is about to preach. I want to pray that. The hand of the Lord will open the eyes of your understanding. That this word will gain entrance into your life. It will gain entrance into your spirit. Just lift up your voice wherever you are. Come against every obstacle of the enemy. Come against every working of the enemy to prevent you from benefiting fully from this word that is about to be delivered in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the Living God. Just lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Give Him glory. Give Him praise. Commit yourself into God's hands. Shall we pray, Father? In the name of Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity to fellowship in Your Word. We pray that the eyes of our understanding will be opened, that we shall be doers of this Word that is about to come forth. In the name of Jesus, we come against every workings of the enemy, against the transmission of this word. We pray that this word will find a place in the hearts and the minds of your people. Let me not speak of my own accord, but may I speak as you grant me utterance. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, Amen. We thank God for a Wednesday evening like this. Amen. Oh, Amen. And I believe you are all poised to hear the word of God. Today's message wouldn't be too long. It will be straight to the point. And um, my prayer is that God will speak to somebody. Amen. Tonight, I want to speak on the subject dealing with seasons of depression and discouragement. Dealing with seasons of depression and discouragement. I believe there are times in our lives where we we are down it's like things are not as you want things to be you you are you are a bit down you are a bit discouraged this is something everybody will go through at a point in time in their life hallelujah no matter how spiritual you are no matter how anointed you are no matter how successful you are that times you go through a bit of depression and a bit of discouragement but the essence of this message is to tell you that when those times come you shouldn't accept them as normal and remain in a state of depression and a state of discouragement. You need to break out of the depression. You need to break out of the discouragement. Hallelujah. Yeah. So I looked for a dictionary definition of depression. 
and this was the definition it gave me it said feelings of severe despondency and dejection feelings of severe despondency and dejection that is depression feelings of severe despondency and dejection and it gave words that can describe depression it had words like melancholy words like misery sadness unhappiness sorrow woe gloom dejection low spirits discouragement so you can see there's a link between depression and discouragement despair desolation pessimism and hopelessness i'll go through again melancholy misery sadness unhappiness sorrow woe gloom dejection low spirits discouragement despair desolation pessimism hopelessness hallelujah now um as much as medically some of these things will be described as you know a state of the mind and things like that i believe some of these things are weapons the enemy uses against us hallelujah the enemy uses the weapon of discouragement the enemy uses the weapon of of depression to make sure we are not where we are supposed to be to make sure we are not achieving what we are supposed to achieve to make sure we are not having the kind of relationship with god we are supposed to have let's look at the book of ephesians chapter 6 parts of ephesians chapter 6 talks about spiritual warfare let's look at ephesians chapter 6 verse 16 what the bible says in ephesians chapter 6 verse 16 Ephesians chapter 6 verse 16 Ephesians chapter 6 verse 16 If you remember from Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 It talks about the fact that we wrestle not against flesh and blood But against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness Seated in high places And then it goes on to tell us to put on the whole armor of god the whole armor of god and then in ephesians chapter 6 verse 16 the bible says above all taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one i'll take it again he said above all taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one hallelujah we are talking about spiritual warfare here and we are talking about fiery darts of the wicked one what are fiery darts fiery darts are like they are like arrows if you've seen the game of darts before they are objects with very sharp ends all right objects with very sharp ends other versions actually talk about fiery arrows okay so darts and arrows are basically the same thing and the bible is telling us here that the enemy throws fiery arrows at us the enemy throws fiery arrows at us all right and some of these fiery arrows are things like depression some of them are things like discouragement we have things like fear we have things like frustration they are all arrows that the enemy can throw at us hallelujah i'm sure you would admit that there are times that you are depressed and discouraged and you can't put a finger on exactly what is causing it it is an arrow a fiery dart that the enemy has thrown against you amen so these are fiery darts they are they are things you see the thing about fiery darts is that when 
they are thrown at you a fiery that will not only pierce you so you have been shown a picture of what we are talking about here so it's like that it's like an arrow but it also has fire in it so the whole aim of a fiery dart is that it will not only pierce you and kill you, but it will burn you and consume you totally. Hallelujah. And these are some of the things the enemy throws at us. But today, may, may we mount a shield of faith against every fiery dart that the enemy throws against us in the name of Jesus. In warfare, the enemy throws arrows into our minds. Things are dropped into your mind. It's not every thought of yours that you generated yourself. There are certain thoughts that are inserted into your mind as fiery darts that the enemy throws into your mind. If the enemy wants to bring confusion in your marriage, he can throw fiery darts into your minds about your spouse. For you to interpret certain actions of your spouse wrongly. For you to concentrate on the weaknesses and the negatives in your spouse. If, if the enemy wants to discourage your efforts to achieve something, he can throw ideas into your mind. You can be there and you hate your brother and you don't even know why. You can be there and you are angry with people who are close to you and you can't even put a finger on why it is that you are angry with them. It's like you are you are so convinced you have a right to be angry. But if you are asked why you are angry, you can't put a finger on it. It is a dart, a fiery dart that the enemy has thrown into your mind. But may the Lord give you the strength to mount the shield of faith to quench these fiery darts in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. There are some that have entered your head already and they are working. When they enter your head, they become what we call strongholds. There are things you believe about people and if you are asked to explain why you believe those things about those people, you can't even explain it. The enemy can convince you that this person does not like you. The enemy can convince you that your wife doesn't love you anymore. The enemy can convince you that your husband has stopped loving you a long time ago and you believe it and it's like the truth. It's, it's like you are blinded to whatever truth there is. It is a fiery dart that the enemy has fired into your mind. And when the dart enters into your mind and you allow it to stay there, it gets fibrosed. It gets inflamed. It becomes fibrosed. And that is when we say it has become a stronghold, a mental stronghold. But today, by the power of the word of God, let every mental stronghold, anything that has been inserted into your mind by the enemy that is not true, let it be taken away in the name of Jesus. Any image of yourself that the enemy has thrown into your mind, that distorted image of yourself, the distorted image of who you are, the distorted image of what you will become and what you can become. May the Lord approach those darts and those strongholds right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Fiery darts of the enemy. I'll come back to that at the end and I'll pray a certain prayer to deal with these things once and for all in your life and i'm trusting god that you'll be set free from any fiery darts of discouragement any fiery darts of fear any fiery darts of discouragement that the enemy has placed in your mind so back to the subject of depression there are some signs of depression that times people go through depression they are depressed when i talk about depression don't necessarily think about the the one that requires medication for you to be put on uh, what do you call them? Amitriptyline and sertraline and some of those drugs. No. Yes, those are extreme forms. And there are people too who go through some of those things. Um, I'm not saying if you are going through some of these things and they are giving you medications, you should stop taking the medications. As much as I believe there's a spiritual component to it, you take your medications and still deal with the thing at the spiritual level. Hallelujah. 
Yeah, these are some of the signs of depression. Sadness and irritability. At times you just become sad. You are just there and, and you are not happy. And the truth is that sometimes you can't even put a finger on why it is that you are not happy. Sometimes we blame it on hormones. Our ladies. He said during that time of the month, the hormones are misbehaving. The hormones are all around and playing helter-skelter in your system. And so you become sad. And you can't put a finger on why you are sad. Irritability. You are easily offended. Sometimes when people are trying to joke, just something joke, they are just playing with you. And you become irritated and you give a long lecture. Tell people your peace of mind. It's a sign that you are probably getting depressed. Hallelujah. Second sign, a sense of hopelessness. There are times like you feel there is no hope. You look into the future and there is no hope. You look around you, there is no hope. You feel like you cannot achieve anything. What is my life up to? What is in life for me? I can't see the way forward. But I want to encourage you today, according to the word of God, in Jeremiah chapter 31, it says, There is hope for your future. Hallelujah. There is hope for your future. Say it, the Lord. There is hope for your future. Number three, lack of interest and pleasure. It's like you, you are there and suddenly nothing interests you again. You used to love football. Suddenly, whether your team wins or loses, it doesn't matter to you. Some time ago, when your team loses, it's like you are sad small, but now whatever can come, can come. Even when they are beating 7 2. You are still okay. You are fine. It could be a sign that you are not happy. You are you are a bit depressed. You don't find pleasure in anything. You don't find pleasure in anything. The term for that is anhedonia. It's like nothing really excites you anymore. You're in a relationship. The relationship doesn't excite you anymore. You're married. The marriage doesn't excite you anymore. It could be a sign that you are getting a bit depressed and you need to start dealing with it. Amen. A lot of times we blame people for things. Some of these things that I've said, you, you interpret it as, as the person is difficult. The person is some way. It's difficult being around the person. But the underlying problem may be that the person is getting depressed. It's either depressed or on the way to being depressed. Oh, why are you so easily irritated? Why is it that uh, you are not fun to be around? You are too sad, always in a certain mood and all of those things. And we get angry with people. But the underlying problem may be that the person is on the way to depression or the person is already there, already depressed, right? Four, decrease concentration and indecision. You can't concentrate on anything. You, you can't fix your mind on anything. It's like your mind is always wandering and all of that. Those are some of the possible signs of depression. Five, changes in sleep. And there are two extremes to this. Either you are sleeping too much you know that some people it's like suddenly their sleep pattern changes when they sleep at night maybe they even sleep early 7 p.m by 3 p.m the next day they are still in bed me if i stay in bed for too long i start getting <laughs> it's like the bed rejects me i can't be in bed for for too long even if i sleep at 4 a.m by 6 a.m I'm, I'm awake 7 a.m latest i'm awake i can't stay in bed for too long so if suddenly now i can be in bed and I'm there sleeping 12 hours, 14 hours, 15 hours. There are some people that is their normal. They are not depressed. They just love to sleep. <laughs> they just love sleep. But what did the Bible say about sleep? It said a little sleep, a little slumber, and poverty will come knocking at your door. 
poverty has been personified here. It is a spirit. It will come knocking at your door. Alright. So extremes. Now you are either sleeping too much or sleeping too little. You go to bed at 10. By 11 you are up. It's not that you are praying. It's not that you are interceding. It's not that you are worshipping. It's not that you are preparing for any ministration. Your eyes are gazing at the ceiling. And you keep looking at your watch. When will morning come? When will morning come? When it happens like that, fire and Bible. Change it into prayer. Worship. Do something. Don't just be there. Hallelujah. Because it's when you are there like that, that Satan begins to minister to you. Satan begins to speak to you. Satan begins to throw more fiery darts into your mind. By morning, you feel like there is nothing good in this world for me. God, come and take me away. Or me, myself, I shall come and join you, God. <laughs> Number six, changes in weight or appetite. Yeah. When you see somebody eating a lot, it doesn't necessarily mean the person is happy. Some people eat as a way of drowning their sorrows. The only thing that brings them joy is the thought of food. The only thing that makes them happy is the anticipation of the next meal that they are going to have. It could be a sign that there is something wrong with the person. Food has now become a drug to numb their pain. So they look forward to the next watch. They look forward to the next fufu. They look forward to the next banku. It's like food is the only thing that brings them joy. So one sign is that the person begins to overeat. And when people overeat, they gain weight excessively. So sometimes when people are gaining weight, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean everything is fine in their life. It could actually be a sign that there is something wrong in their life. Hallelujah. And then there is the opposite to where they lose appetite. They are not fasting. They are not seeking the face of God, but they just don't want to eat. Two days, three days, they don't want to eat. You, If you are in that kind of situation, you at least eat something. Hallelujah. You can't go like that. And it's a... If you are fasting, then we know at least, even though your outer man is suffering, your inner man is being elevated. But it's a situation where the devil is pounding your inner man and you are also killing your outer man in addition. You are shortening your, your stay here on earth. Amen. You see, these fiery darts, they are not darts that are aimed at your physical body. Otherwise, you always be feeling piercings on your body all the time. It is aimed at the soul. And the soul is made up of the mind, the will, and the emotion. So these attacks are usually on your emotions and on your mind. If you joke with the devil, he will mess up with your mind. If you give the devil the chance, he will mess up with your mind. It is the battleground. That is what the devil is looking for. The Bible says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, imaginations, imaginations this is a, a high level spiritual warfare portion of scripture and it is the mind they are talking about here casting down imagination and talking about bringing thoughts to 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 the captivity of jesus christ the mind has been alluded to twice here it tells you that is the real battlefield that is where the enemy is throwing his fiery darts and may you mount a shield of faith against these fiery darts in the name of jesus christ of nazareth if you allow Satan and you give him time to chat with you, he will plant things in your mind. There's something we call the power of suggestion. It can destroy relationships first class. The what if. 
She said she will call you at 7 p.m. And she didn't call you. The following day has come. Say, what if she was chatting with her ex? It is a fiery dart that has been thrown into your mind. It is up to you to decide what you are going to do with it. Either you block it and prevent it from entering your mind at all. Or if it is there, you reach out and uproot it. Hallelujah. But if you allow it to stay there, it is a seed that has been sown. And trust me, the enemy will come back and come and water it. And make sure it grows and grows and grows. The time you realize mistrust has been built between the two of you. And you don't understand. The next time he mentions the name of the ex... For you know, she was even probably coming to tell you how she regrets <laughs> having the moment he mentions the name. No, your cocoa has pipe angry because a certain seed has been sown into your mind. May God deliver you from wrong ideas and wrong mentalities that the enemy has planted into your mind. So we've talked about sadness and irritability, a sense of hopelessness, lack of interest and pleasure, which is anhedonia. Decreased concentration and indecision Changes in sleep That is either sleeping more than usual Or sleeping less than usual Changes in weight or appetite And then a sense of worthlessness and guilt Is a sign that you are depressed Sense of worthless Like you are nothing You have achieved nothing Guilt You look back at your past The mistakes that you have made Satan will come and remind you of all of those mistakes Number eight, having thoughts of suicide. Most of the time, that, that is where the devil wants to head you towards, where depression is concerned. That, oh, there is nothing good in this life. There is nothing good for you in the future. If you look at your past, there's nothing. Your future, there is nothing. What point do you have staying here on earth? Go and look for some DDT and drink. Go and take an overdose of sleeping tablets. Some people even have the guts to jump from the top floor of a building to hurt themselves. No, it, it has to be demonic manipulation that will cause a person to do that. And if you're under the sound of my voice and you're suffering from that, may the Lord deliver you in the name of Jesus. It is not normal. It is demonic manipulation. It is a push from the devil. Because you see, suicide is one of the biggest insults you can give to God. God took his time to create you. When he said, I don't like my life, I'll take it away. You have made nonsense of God's efforts, God's time. And God will not be happy with you. I'm not here to tell you whether when you commit suicide, you go to heaven or not. When you get there, you will know. Hallelujah. Your last act is to insult God. <laughs> to look at God and insult him. I don't know. I'm not the one who is going to judge, but I have my opinions. Amen? Yeah. Thoughts of suicide. Now, you see, the Bible has answers to everything. The causes of depression. One of the, the most important causes of, of depression. The Bible diagnoses it clearly in a scripture. Give me Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25. Proverbs 12, 25. One of the clearest causes stated there. It says, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. But a good word, say a good word. A good word makes it glad. Hallelujah. A good word like what you are hearing now will take away depression and take away anxiety. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression. 
So a lot of the cases of depression, the underlying factor is anxiety. People are anxious about something. People are anxious about something. And anxiety is born out of fear. So fear will give rise to anxiety and anxiety will give birth to depression. It is a chain. And all of these things are fiery darts of the enemy. Fear is a dart of the enemy. Anxiety is a dart of the enemy. Depression is also a dart of the enemy. Discouragement, which causes depression, is also a dart of the enemy. So you realize that most of these darts, their end product is that you should be depressed and you should be down in life. But your life is supposed to be full of joy. Your life is supposed to be full of sweetness. Your life is supposed to be full of pleasure and happiness. And may that be your portion in Jesus' name. It says anxiety causes depression. Anxiety in the heart of man. People are walking around, they are anxious, they are afraid. People have fears. And when it comes to fear, note that fear doesn't come from God. Hallelujah. He said, For I have not given you the spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and of a sound mind. Fear can never be from God. Amen. The only kind of fear that comes from God is the fear of God. Finish. When you fear sin, you fear doing bad, you fear getting out of the will of God. That is positive fear. But negative fear that paralyzes you, it can never come from God. And when we talk about fears, three categories of fear. Fear from the past, fear of the present, and then fear of the future. People have fears from the past because of mistakes that they've made. Satan convinces people that because of this mistake you made, you can never reach this height in life. You made some wrong choices in the past. You entered some wrong relationships in the past. You entered some wrong unions. You made some wrong choices and wrong turns in life. And Satan comes and uses the power of guilt, which is also one of the fiery darts of the enemy, to get you to entertain the spirit of fear the consequences of those mistakes that you have made but i want to announce to you today that our god is a merciful god he is a god of mercy hallelujah and let me show you what the bible says in isaiah chapter 43 verse 25 isaiah 43 25 isaiah 43 20 this is god himself declaring he said i yes i when somebody says I, yes, I means I am emphasizing what I'm saying. I know what I'm talking about, and it is coming from me and nobody else. Is that I, yes, I alone will blot out your sins for my own sake, and I will never think of them again. <laughs> Hallelujah. You see, when God forgives you, He's forgiving you and forgotten. He's not like human beings, so that we forgive, but it's like it is still there and at the right time. Or let me say the wrong time we bring it up again when god says he has forgiven that's why he talks about blotting away cleaning and blotting are different when you blot away it's like the thing never happened you have blotted it away completely that mistake that you made god has forgiven you so forgive yourself hallelujah god has forgiven you and forgotten about it don't let it paralyze you don't let it put fear in you even if it was mistakes that you made i want to announce to you that if there is any personality who can take a mistake and make a good thing out of it, it is God. David and Bathsheba, a huge mistake it was, but he decided that the lineage of the kingship will be continued through that mistake that was made. 
whose life was a bigger mistake than Rahab, the harlot of Jericho, high-level prostitute, messed up her life. But God decided that you will be Jesus' great-great-great-grandmother. Hallelujah. God can take the messed up thing and create a message out of it. Mess, M-E-S-S. All you have to add is A-G-E and you have a message. May the Lord turn your mess into a message. Sometimes the strongest messages are messages that have come out of messes. Sometimes there are certain things when people who have had their lives so perfect are telling you it doesn't carry power. But when you have somebody who has been in the gutters, somebody who has been in the mud, somebody who has been pulled out of the miracle, and the person is speaking to you, it carries more power. It is not a coincidence that some of the best deliverance ministers you have are people who themselves have doubled in the occult before or people who have been witches and wizards before. They, they've been on the other side so they understand the power that we carry. One guy like that said he prays that God will make every believer a witch or a wizard just for two seconds. It's like keep your prayer to yourself. <laughs> and his reason is that we must see the power we carry as believers. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yeah, some of the best youth counselors you have are people who have been drug addicts before, are people who have been commercial sex workers before, have been people who have dated married men before, are people who have messed up their lives before. But God can take the bad thing and turn it into good. And I pray that that will be your story in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I always say it's easier for a former weed smoker to walk in the prophetic than somebody who hasn't smoked weed before. When you smoke weed, you have visual hallucinations. You see things people don't see. So when you get a prophetic gift and you are seeing with a third eye, it's normal. It's very easy for you to flow in it. Hallelujah. There are people, they've not had any wrong. Then when they are seen with a third eye, they are wondering whether they are going mad. The weed smoker has been there before. I hear when you smoke, you see colors that don't exist. <laughs> it is easier. Somebody who could convince girls to follow them can also convince unbelievers to follow them to church. So God will take that ability and turn it around and make something good out of it. But you see, that devil will come and tell you, ah, because you messed your life up, because you smoked weed, God has taken you out of his plans. You cannot be used by God. You know, Satan is very, very, I knew somebody and he was convinced that if you are not tall, God cannot use you. I'm telling you. Like it was a mental strong. He was a short guy. Until I showed him a description of Paul. <laughs> Somebody's description of Paul in the Bible. And he was delivered from that mental stronghold. He believed you must be tall and imposing. You know, Saul and all those people, they were thick, tall guys and blah, 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 and all of that. Nobody gave us Jesus' height. You are there assuming. Those pictures you see of Jesus Christ on the cross with blue eyes and all of those things, it's very, very possible it wasn't so. Because Isaiah tells us that there was no comeliness, that is handsomeness in him that we might desire him. God intentionally made him such that he didn't have any charm so that the ladies will not follow him because of his good looks, but they'll follow him because of the message he's carrying. Hallelujah. There are people who follow pastors because they are fine. (laughs) Hallelujah. Yeah. But God, the Bible says in Isaiah, said he had no charm and he had no comeliness that you might desire him. No wonder he didn't have a beloved <laughs> until he died. If Jesus had gone into beloved, he would have left somebody, a widow, at the age of 33. 
he knew his life on earth was short so he didn't venture into any of those things all right so things from the past may god deliver us from the guilt of our past and then to fear of the present there may be something you are going through right now that is putting fear in you an exam you are about to write an interview you are about to 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 attend or an interview you are about to go for and then fear of the future which is which is, is is a major part of fear people look into the future and they are anxious they are afraid because the examples around them are not good fear that you will be poor forever but today receive this word you will not be poor forever you you will break through financially a, a season of rest is coming upon you affliction will just be for a, a season it shall pass as the Ghana's president always says this one too shall pass it will pass this difficult situation will pass this period of depression this period of discouragement it shall pass it will go away fear of the future oh all my friends are getting married and i'm still single you fear the future will any man propose to me most of the the ladies the problem is not with whether any man will propose will the right man propose because sometimes some riffraffs come around you are like god why am i attracting these kinds of people vultures are coming when there are eagles there but in his time he will make all things beautiful hallelujah god has a timetable for everybody ecclesiastes chapter 3 the bible says for everything under the sun there is a time and a season god has arranged the things already and you see sometimes when you try to go ahead of god you rather go and create trouble for yourself you create unpleasant situations for yourself fear of the future will i ever have a good job would i ever have a good marriage when I look at the family history, divorce, 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 is that going to be my story? Understand today that your story will be different. If all your relatives have had divorces, you will have a glorious marriage in the name of Jesus. If nobody has been able to marry beyond five years, beyond ten years, and be happy in marriage, the word of the Lord says that the lines are falling for me in pleasant places we are recalibrating the boundary lines we are declaring that you go 25 30 100 50 years until the lord shall call you you will be married and be happily married in the name of jesus history will not repeat itself you are a new breed a new generation and god is starting a new thing with you that trend breaks with you in the name of Jesus Christ and your children will not suffer the same thing. Satan will come and show you pictures of things that have happened and then fear and anxiety comes in and you can become depressed, you can become discouraged. But be encouraged, hallelujah, because your story will be different. Be encouraged because you succeed at that thing that you are going to put your hands at. Because the Bible says, I can do all things. All things means all things. All things includes marriage. All things includes business. All things includes career. All things includes ministry. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 4 verse 6, that be anxious for nothing, but in all things, with prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. 
said, present your request to God. There is no benefit in being anxious. There is no benefit in entertaining anxiety in your life. Just give it up unto God. There's a children's service song that I believe is so powerful that the words are so... It says, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. It says, oh, what peace we often forfeit. And oh, what needless pain we bear. A lot of times we bear needless pain. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. He says, give me your burden. Me, my burden is light. I want more to carry. So give me your burden. Cast your burdens unto the Lord. Hallelujah. I pray that every fear of the future, every fear of the present, and every fear of the past will leave your spirit today in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the living God. Now I want to tell you that depression and discouragement do not only happen to people who are not making it in life. Sometimes you can be very, very successful. Things may be going your way, but the enemy will throw these darts at you. He will throw these arrows your way. A typical example is Elijah. Who can describe Elijah as somebody who wasn't successful? I mean, God picked this guy in the whole of Israel picked him, anointed him with signs and wonders. 850 prophets of Baal against one man. Look at how he made mockery of them. They came, they were cutting themselves, doing all sorts of things, dancing, doing all kinds of things. No fire was coming. The Bible said, he said, shout louder, maybe your God is sleeping. Even the living Bible translation, he teased them that, for all you know, your God is gone to the washroom. <laughs> Elijah was a rough guy. <laughs> he teased them. They did all that they could. Nothing happened. And when it was sustained, the Bible said he rebuilt the broken altars of the Lord. Put the bull there. And in order for them not to think that he was using some azar skills, he said, bring four barrels of water. This is a country that has suffered three and a half years of drought. He managed to get water under such circumstances. What a guy. Pour the water. First round of four barrels. Second round of four barrels. Third round of four barrels. And the Bible said, Elijah prayed. Before then, he had told them, let the God who answers by fire be God. He prayed and boom, fire consumed not just the sacrifice, but the Bible said it lapped up all the water. And when he finished, I don't know where he got supernatural strength from. Took a machete. And one by one butchered 850 people. Have you killed a goat before? How much more a human being? You think these guys will just present themselves like that? Cut my neck, kill me. For I am a false prophet. No. I don't know where he got the energy from. But he managed to butcher all of them. 850. And he left the scene. But suddenly he was attacked by something. Let's read 1 Kings chapter 19. From verse 1. First Kings chapter 19, verse 1. He said, And Ahab told Jezebel, the king was now reporting to his wife. When things are turned around in the kingdom, that is what happens. It's like somebody has done something you don't like, and you are going to report to your wife. Don't you tell my wife? Somebody said, I'm going to tell my father, or I'm going to report to my husband. <laughs> but he was now going to tell his wife. He said, Told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. And without how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Verse 2. 
He said, then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah. You see, Satan will always send messengers, demons, to speak things into your mind. Saying, so let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of these by tomorrow, by this time. Hey, normally it's prophets who say tomorrow by this time. Now you have a queen, a witch, also saying tomorrow by this time. And it's not a good thing. It says you'll be dead like one of those prophets. Verse 3. He said, and when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba. I mean, you've been able to stand 850. Now, even five will be a monumental achievement. 850. But one word from a woman got a whole prophet fleeing. He said, when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belonged to Judah, and left his servant there. Verse 4. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree and he requested for himself that he might die and said, It is enough now, O Lord. Take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. I'll show you how Elijah got to this point. And that is how a lot of us get discouraged and get depressed. Point number one, it was because of something somebody said. Something Jezebel said. And that is the cause of depression in a lot of people. Sometimes there are things we hear. Maybe about ourselves. A comment somebody has passed. An opinion somebody has. Somebody's opinion. And you see, let's go back to the verse 3. It's an interesting one. He said, and when he saw that, in the verse 2, he had told her that you will be like one of them. And he said, and when he saw that, he arose. He didn't only accept what she had said. He, he began to see it. To see himself dead. See himself slaughtered. When people say things and you begin to see it, it is the beginning of the journey of discouragement and depression. Sometimes it's even just a criticism. But you see, in life, you must be ready for criticism. Hallelujah. When you can't take criticism, it is a sign of pride. The Bible says Jesus emptied himself of all reputation. That was how come he was successful in ministry. In ministry, you must empty yourself of all reputation. Some people, your reputations are too big. Your reputations are too much ahead of you. So if they say, oh, today, today as for that, today's singing, you didn't sing well. Or as for today's preaching, you could have done this, this, this because your reputation is so big, you become discouraged and you become depressed. People's opinions, what people have said. But there are times too that the things that the people say are not true. People say things and it's not true. People have their opinions. And it's not necessarily true. So what somebody said got Elijah depressed. He felt so down because a woman had said something. Number two, his own opinion of himself. His own opinion of himself. Because later now he started saying that he has failed. 
comparing himself to his forefathers. And what was the bit? There was no basis of comparison. Do, do we even know his forefathers? Do we know their names? We don't know their names. Elijah, you you were mentioned in not just Old Testament, New Testament cry you featured inside again a number of times. James talked about you. Elijah was a man of like passion. When they were mentioning Hebrews, like your this is a great achiever. This is somebody that in farming he had divine provision. Ravens. If you know what the ravens are, for a raven to take bread and to take meat and bring it to a human being that eat. If you've ever heard of, of the term ravenous appetite, it comes from the, the word raven. They have a health, they can eat. In drought, in famine, a raven would take bread and take meat and bring it to you human a number of times a day for you to eat. What It's a monumental miracle. Hallelujah. That means God is even changing the course of things. The, the people around you that are supposed to take away from you, they are now giving into your life. May that be your story in the name of Jesus. Uh, there are some people, they just take, 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 take. May God turn it around. May they also begin to give in your life. Yeah. Ravens feeding you. You open your mouth and you, you lock the heavens for three and a half years and it is so. But you are saying you have failed. You are like your fathers. You want to die. His own distorted opinion of himself. And this is what the darts of the enemy can do to your mind. It will mess up your mind. You tell you, you are the ugliest person in this world. No man will ever propose to you. And you believe it. You tell you, oh, you this is your educational level. It's not enough. And so you live the rest of your life feeling inadequate. Who decided what the ultimate educational level is in this world? The one who has had first degree wants masters. The one who has done masters wants PhD. The one who has done PhD wants associate professor. Associate professor too wants full professor. Full professor too wants emeritus professor. Emeritus professor wants Nobel Prize. And a university to be named after. So what is the standard? What is the standard? There is no standard. You create your standard. Hallelujah. This is where I can read. This is what my calling demands. I've done it and that is it. Don't allow people to, to pressurize you into feeling inferior. And, and, and Stop comparing yourself to others. The Bible says they that compare themselves among themselves are not wise. A lot of depression is caused by comparison. In this day and age where social media is buzzing. And people are flaunting their lifestyles. Fake and, and true. All combined. And people are flaunting their relationships, fake and true, all combined. It is very easy for you to come to a point where you compare and you become depressed. Elijah was comparing himself to his father that he has failed. But that was not the truth. May you believe the Lord's report of you. Hallelujah. But the third and a very important thing is the fact that he went on to say that he was the only one who has not bowed down his knees to bow. Which was a very, very big lie. One of the things that can draw us into depression is when we look upon ourselves or we take upon ourselves the posture of an outcast. Elijah was behaving like an outcast at that point in time. He went into a cave alone. 
he separated himself he 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 became secluded one of the worst things you can do to your life is to be secluded not have a support system around you not have friends not have family not belong to any church you 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 the devil can easily mess with your mind the devil can easily mess with your life but aside being alone physically he also believed that he was alone in terms of what he was going through that everybody else has bowed down to bow so Jezebel doesn't have a problem with them and God corrected him that hey what you are saying is a lie there are 7,000 others who have not bowed down their knees to bow Satan gets us to believe that what we are going through is like we are, we, are, we are the only ones it's like you are the first person you are the only one who is going through a, a difficult time you make you feel like you are the only one who has failed at something before Sometimes we look at people where we think we have failed and we have not achieved. When somebody else has achieved in that area, we assume every other thing in the person's life is fine. And so we feel inferior to those people. They have not disclosed where they have also failed and and, and where they have their insecurities to you. So don't make that assumption. Hallelujah. Maybe there's something you want to achieve and somebody has achieved it. You see the person you feel like the person's life is perfect. But the person also has his struggles. He also has the things he's worried about. He also has his fears. Hallelujah. So don't feel like you are the only one going through something. You're a man, maybe you are working extra hard to make ends meet. You feel like, oh, I'm the only man who is working three jobs, four jobs. Other men are just sitting there. There's somebody who doesn't even have one. And is trusting God for a job. You at least you have three and you are working. And this i alone thing can easily get you to be down it can easily get you to be depressed people suffer from postpartum depression it's like when your baby is waking up multiple times at night it's like me alone why is there me alone i'm all my friends are sleeping by now why is that me alone i'm waking up there's a friend of yours who wishes he had the baby you have as a friend who wishes to hear the cry of a baby for a child to even cry in your ears I alone and when we accept these things the enemy puts us on a path to depression but I want you to know that you are not alone hallelujah when God told him there are 7,000 others like you all he was trying to tell them is that there are 7,000 others like you but they haven't killed themselves they haven't committed suicide they are still alive if they were not alive I wouldn't have mentioned them as 7,000 so stop this thing that you are doing shut up elijah what you are saying is not true it's not right stop thinking why am i the only one when i try business it doesn't work others have gone through it but what i want you to understand is that the bible says god will not allow you to be tried beyond what you can take that means whatever it is you are going through god endorsed it and it's because he knows you have the ability to overcome it that is why he allowed so your first source of joy should be the fact that God endorsed you for this particular trial. That God endorsed you. He looked at you and said, you can go through it. That should take away the depression and make you happy. That God can look at you and endorse you. That you can go through this particular one. But the second part that should even make you more joyous is when you think about the thousands of other trials that God didn't allow to come your way. We never think that way 
thousands, possibly millions. That's what the devil, he wishes every day he bring you thousand and one trials. He wants to buffet your life. He wants to bamboozle your life. He wants to make you miserable. He wants you to kill yourself. But God says, and he says, this one I won't allow. This one I won't allow. This one I won't allow. From today, begin to rejoice at the trials and the temptations that God never allows to come your way. One day, may God give you a vision and show you the things that he has delivered you from. The things that he never allowed to come your way those one or two pet that he said this one i know you can overcome it don't disappoint me i pray that you will not disappoint god i pray that you will not give up in the middle of the fight the bible said and david encouraged himself in the lord his god when situations are down sometimes you will not get encouragement from any source encourage yourself in the lord your god one of the ways of encouraging yourself in the lord your god is to recount past victories Say, the Lord who took me through this particular situation, the Lord who saved me from that sickness, the God who brought good Samaritans around me in that difficult time, that same God is going to take me through this particular situation. David said, the God who delivered me from the hand of the lion, the God who delivered me from the hand of the bear, that same God would deliver this uncircumcised Philistine into my hands. Encourage yourself in the Lord your God remember past victories remember the fact that you've been through something before and that god who is the same yesterday today and forever who will not start something that he will not end the bible says he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it he's the same god that will take you through it there's a tree song they said yeah, go and look for that song that evening. The God who looked after you yesterday, the God who's looking after you today, he will look after you tomorrow. God will not start something that he doesn't know the end result already. That's why the Bible talks about the fact that he'll bring it to an expected end. It is an expected end because he has seen the end from the beginning. That's why we call him Alpha and Omega. Recount your past victories. And then a second way of encouraging yourself in the Lord is to remember who your God is. That is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. He's the El Shaddai, the El Gibor. He's the one who dwells in an unapproachable light. He is the one who has the whole world in his hands. He's the one who has the heart of the king in his hands and he can turn it whatever way he wants to turn it. He's the God who cannot be limited by time. He's the God who cannot be limited by space. He is the one who has heaven as his throne and the earth as his footstool. If we say God has the earth as his footstool, it means God's shoe size is probably about the size of the entire earth. Just look at this earth and its size and imagine God's foot being there and imagine him crushing your enemies under that mighty foot of his. Encourage yourself in the Lord your God. And the Bible later said, that God sent an angel to Elijah to feed him. In your down moments, God will send an angel. An angel is a messenger. And today, maybe I'm that angel carrying a message of hope, carrying a message of revival, carrying a message of encouragement unto you. I pray that you receive this word. The angel fed Elijah with food. Today, I'm feeding you with spiritual food. The journey is long, so rise up and eat this word. Because there are days that are ahead and you will need this word to take you through that journey. You need to get to Horeb. 
where you encounter God once again. But you need this food to take you through that journey. I pray that you will imbibe this word. I pray that this word will, will be activated in your spirit. I pray that this word will explode in your soul. It will enter the crevices of your spirit. Today, in the name of Jesus, anything that represents discouragement, anything that represents depression, every fiery dart that the enemy has thrown at you, we quench it with the filled shield of faith in the mighty name of Jesus. By faith, we, we, we mount a shield, a shield of faith to quench the the fiery dust of the enemy in the mighty name of Jesus. Anybody going through depression right now in the name of Jesus, I take authority in the realm of the spirit. I come not in my own name, but in the name that is above every other name. The name that when mentioned, every knee shall bow. The name that when mentioned, every tongue shall confess. I bind that foul spirit of depression and I cast it out of your life right now in the name of Jesus. Anybody with suicidal tendencies, receive your deliverance. Today is your day of freedom. Today is your day of liberation. Today is your day of victory in the name of Jesus. You shall not die, but live and proclaim the words of the Lord. The Lord is going ahead of you. The future is bright. Whatever you are going through, I speak the word of God in Romans chapter 16, verse 20 to you. That, hey, the Lord says that the Lord of peace will crush Satan under your feet. Whatever it is you are going through, the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. Anything that brings you discouragement, we take it out of your life right now in the name of Jesus. Every voice that speaks discouragement into your life, every voice that speaks depression into your life, we silence it today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And we declare that the only voice you hear will be the voice of Elohim. We declare that the only voice you hear will be the voice of El Gibor. We declare that the only voice we will hear will be the thunderings and the lightnings and the glorious power of God in your life in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rejoice today for the Lord has gone ahead of you. Rejoice today for as Jeremiah said in Jeremiah chapter 31, there is hope for your future. Let that word be cemented deep into your spirit today. Be delivered from depression. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Let depression be replaced by joy today in the name of Jesus. Let depression be replaced by joy today in the name of Jesus. Let depression be replaced by a sense of victory today. Let depression be replaced by a sense of hope for the future. Your future is bright. Your future is glorious. Your marriage is glorious. Your career is glorious. Your ministry is glorious. Your life is glorious. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the living God. Father, we declare that this word is cemented in the spirits of your people. And discouragement and depression are far away from your people. Joy replaces them. And that your people will rejoice because you have gone ahead of them. And that victory is their portion. Take glory, Father. Take glory, Son. Take glory, Holy Spirit. And we declare that forever, O oh Thanksgiving. Amen. We trust you have been blessed by this message. For more information, reach us on 024-873-7250 or on our Facebook page, The Overflow Worship Center. Stay blessed. Overflow. Overflow. Overflow.